Well, welcome to Coffee with Vern, a time where we have intentional conversations about the gospel and we desire to talk about theological truth. Thanks for joining us. We hope you can learn and grow and be fed through this. All right. Well, Boker Tove, good morning. How's everybody doing? Good afternoon. Possibly good evening if you're a late night owl, but I hope you are doing swell and well. (laughs) Swell. What a word. Yeah, I don't know. That came to me. Um, Your Mr. Rogers is coming back out. It is. And that sweater is still a classic. And I keep it in my uh, library at the house because it does get a little chilly in there. That's with your with your slippers. My I have my slippers on this morning. Yeah, there you go. Um, you know, side note about my slippers. Oh, because I know nobody cares, but I'm going to tell you. <laughs> um, I love slippers, and I have not found the slipper. Does that make sense? Do you know what I mean? Like, are you tracking? Well, you're not a slipper guy, are you? No, I, I'm barefooted everywhere. Oh, see, I can't walk barefoot. It hurts my feet and it makes me want to puke. Like I hate, the, <laughs> I hate the feeling that's of my uh, feet on hardwood floor. I hate it. Quite a feeling. Um, but I've got a major arch in my foot too, which I know that here I am talking about my feet. I'm so well, sorry. There's a commercial. It reminds me of you. Oh, great. Okay. Dr. Scholl's or something. No, no, no. It is about being old, <laughs> but it, it's a, it's a kid and he has just graduated college, okay. and he is with his parents, and he takes off his regalia, mm-hmm. and he puts on a sweater, mm. like a little button-up. Like a cardigan. Yeah, a yeah. cardigan, yeah, Mr. Rogers sweater. Awesome. And uh, he puts his arm around his parents, and he says, you know, I've been thinking about retirement. Praise the Lord. And it talked about, you know, being an old man. <laughs> it's just become, I, I don't know what I think it was it was, it was college. Um <laughs> And there's just something weird about me. I'm 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 nostal- I'm a very nostalgic kind of person, but I'm yep. also a very uh, I'm not you know superstitious. That's not just a little stitious. Just a little stitious. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I uh, I don't know. I kind of like have to have these patterns in my life and routines in my life to kind of keep me operating. And like one of them is in the morning. <laughs> The first thing I do is to slide my slippers on. Put your old man slippers on. I get my old, and it, my slippers are dead. So I ask for a pair every year at Christmas and I got these new ones. So back to the slipper saga, I got these new ones and dude, they're like, it's like bricks. They're so heavy. They're so comfortable, but they're so heavy and I can't find a pair that I like. I had the best pair in the world. They were from Walmart and they don't sell them anymore. Mm. And so that's my slipper saga, if anybody yeah. cared out there. But, you know, back to the actual reason we do uh, <laughs> get together for this. So, you know, we got to keep the people entertained every once in a while. Yeah. Um, but we are back in our foundation series. Yeah. And like I said last week, so we talked, you know, this is, oh man, that's messing my brain up. So last week's episode is actually after don't, my message. <laughs> Which was actually you shouldn't even now, think about it that way. Well, I, it, it, I'm building. I'm, it, everything in me wants to go. Well, this past Sunday when I preached, now just you say D now. But D now Sunday. There you go. That'll help. <laughs> Man, my brain is just not <laughs> operating today. No. I'm sorry. I actually, hey, for everybody out there though, since Jesse wanted to roast me last week, I do How have coffee today. Uh, oh. We're having coffee with her, and you have no coffee. I've got coffee. It's about um, time. Yeah. I mean, the title of the show is only Coffee with well, Vern. I, hey, we've got a couple of friends that work at that new coffee shop that go to church here. Yeah. And I know that one of them listens to these episodes, 
And I'm just telling you right now, I'm going to be hitting you up. Like if you're feeling some <laughs> donations to this cause, well, I, I will support and I will tell them that and, this and let's came be from them. Transparent. The donation he's talking about is coffee. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. We're talking about in these foundation series, we've been talking about different biblical foundations that really and truly the way that Jesse described it yesterday, I think is the best way to go about this. And it is, what are the things that we stand upon as like they are essential first tier? Like you have to believe them to follow the Lord. Like yeah. These are the make or breaks, the hills you die on. First tier you doctrine. Know? Yeah. And I've had this conversation. Why is doctrine important? Mm. And, you know, a lot of people just say, you know, we'll just read the Bible and we'll just believe in Jesus, love Jesus and love others. Well, yeah, absolutely. Uh, 100%, right. hundred percent. Right. But you believing in Jesus and what you believe about Jesus it's doctrine is doctrine. hundred percent. And, and so we need to make sure that it's it correct. Is, yeah. I've heard that same argument outside of like, you know, coming out of North Greenville, that was something you would hear from different people in different circles of why does theology even matter and doctrine even matter? Well, you know, everyone has a theological view. Yeah. Even the atheist has a theological view. Yeah. They right? just won't They're say not it. really atheists because they have yeah. a theological view. There are no atheists. And yeah. doctrine, doctrine is those essentials and it is those different tiers within our theological views. Well, and how would you, you've got, do you have a way that you would define doctrine even better? Like there's all these big wordy definitions, well, but how do you want to help our people understand? I don't know if I would define it any certain way. It's just what you believe about a subject yes. is a doctrine. And it, like doctrines, when we say doctrines, we're talking about subjects. Yeah. Right. And that for anybody that may or may not have heard that word a lot, I know like um, our pastor uses that word mm -hmm. from the pulpit. So our people are attuned to that. Well, and, and we just talked about this a few minutes ago. In our Bible study, um, I referenced when Jesus was talking about beware the leaven of the Pharisees. What is that? Jesus is telling them beware of false doctrine. Have right. good doctrine. Right. Have sound, sound doctrine. doctrine. Um, that's a phrase that is used a lot in theological circles yeah. as saying good, right, true doctrine. And so I think this is such a important topic. And I think uh, for our, you know, this season four, this new season, like, Doing these foundations, uh, these first tier matters, these doctrines is so helpful, regardless, like all of our people, I believe, have heard these things. You may not know the deep, deep facets of them, mm -hmm. but anytime you hear something repeated, all it should do, and I know it does for me, is it stirs my affections more for the Lord yeah. and reminds me, it gives me like, it gives me weapon, you know, weapons and tools essentially for when the faith is attacked, it, it, it readies yeah. me, it gives me armor. And that's yeah. what our goal is help you figure out truth mm -hmm. in this series, but also know like these are the essential matters to my faith. So it's, let's say the who's your one you're sharing with somebody. If they ask, what are the essentials? You pull these out immediately. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things I wanted to, I thought about it yesterday when you're talking was why I, won't, I was glad that we're doing this. It's because our faith is being attacked. Yeah. And these are the things that are being attacked. And yeah. if you throw these doctrines out that we are addressing, you throw out Christianity. Yeah. Because these are what Christianity hinges upon. Right. And so a couple of the ones, do you want to talk about it on the back end or you want to talk about it now? A couple of the ones we're going to address over this uh, series that we were talking about yesterday. Maybe let's talk about it on the back end. Yeah, yeah. And that'll help because what we're talking about today is almost 
the first one you have to get through yeah. in order to get to the next. <laughs> if you yeah. don't agree with today, by default, you don't agree with anything post. Right, because if you don't agree with this, then anything then, you think right. goes. So I'm not going to steal the big word. I'm going to let Jesse say what the big <laughs> word is. And I'm going to be honest with all of you out there. This is Jesse's baby today, and I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> it's because my man's having to study it for school, and yeah, I, it's I, I love this. I love this topic, and um, it's not something that's fresh, though. The language that is, yeah. I know what I believe, and I we believe the same things, but the language isn't. But he had to do it in school. That's right. Go ahead and give the people <laughs> your big word of what today is. Well, we're talking about the inerrancy of mm, scripture, which there it is. It's it's funny because I've had to write essentially two papers about it now. Yeah. Um. It just hit me because for me, I always just you know yeah, God's word is absolutely true mm-hmm. right and i knew the word inerrancy and i'm sure a lot of people listening know the word right. inerrancy they just right. don't know the, the things and the issues that are swirling around In this that. this term right now um because the term inerrancy has been attacked over the past decades i don't know how many yeah there was but the, i know in 1970 they came out with the chicago statement yes. where they had to clearly define what inerrancy was so within inerrancy there are a few terms that for me and that's what i argued in my papers is that they're um intertwined you can't you can't separate them out yeah and this was a big thing that was attacked within our denomination the sbc yeah Yeah. and and that's what's crazy is you had to even the sbc um 2000 defines Mm -hmm. the inerrancy of scripture very well and the southern baptist theological seminary defines it very well because they're discovering you have to define it clearly or people will say well they will attack that definition it'll be misguided right and so you you've had these terms have to come to me, inerrancy, it's as clear as you can get, I, right? I would agree. But you've had people kind of dismantle it. but So now you have these terms that come around it, like um, the authority of Scripture, the inspiration of mm-hmm. Scripture, the infallibility of Scripture. Yes. Uh, and then those all, to me, fall under the umbrella of, of inerrancy. inerrancy. And inerrancy just simply means that everything in the Bible is 100% true. Yes. 100%. And, and would you also say um, this is what? One guy I've heard talk about it would say inerrancy also means without error. Oh, yeah, right? it is without error. And that that always helps. So I, I always define it that way easily with the kids because well, it helps me. The inerrancy, yeah. that word is built in. And it, and it flows into mm-hmm. what we take as infallibility. Right. We affirm infallibility as it cannot Air, Correct. Which those sound like the same thing, but they're not. But they're. I mean, there are subtle differences in, in there. Paper. Yeah, I did argue that. Um, but some people have taken infallibility and said all that means is that the Bible is true about faith matters, right. And theology, right. And the historical things can have errors in them. Mm, and so tough, we yes. we want to we want to say that infallibility does not mean. That there are historical errors. Right. We want to say that infallibility means there cannot possibly be error. Right. Inerrancy is there's no error. Hundred percent right. true. Infallibility it cannot have error. Right. Which is good news. Which is good news. And then you have the authority. What's the authority of Scripture? That's just that God's authority mm-hmm. has been yes. given through the Word to us, and therefore it is. It is our authority. It is our authority. Yes. It is what all we need. To work our way faithfully mm-hmm. through, and that life. was a big matter within the Reformation, the sola scriptura. Yeah, that the authority of Scripture 
is to be the sole authority of the guiding of our life under God's authority. It is what he's put into place to guide us. Well, and it's become this kind of um, popular modern thing to adopt parts of cultural prescriptions. Mm -hmm. So if something happens, somebody will come up with a, a secular prescription to help with this problem. And while these prescriptions may have good in them and, or they may be good, we have that already in the, in the Bible and yeah. the scriptures. We've we got have all the prescription, the prescription we, need. we ever need. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you talk about uh, any kind of problem going on in culture today and society today. The, the Bible, the Bible addresses, addresses how you should do that, how you should handle Which that. I think is so amazing. And that's a testimony. Uh, uh, you know, like I said, uh, Dina on Sunday, I love the word of God mm-hmm. and there's so many reasons I could exhaust, but that the Bible addresses every single matter. Yeah. A- anything it addresses it. And so the authority of scripture being, that's what we need to live a faithful mm-hmm. and sanctified life. And obedient. Absolutely. Obedient. Um, so authority and uh, inspiration is the interesting one because that's where that people start is the, yeah. disagreeing too. And um, Dr. Plummer, who is my Greek professor, but also wrote a book for my hermeneutics class. He's the coolest guy in the world. <laughs> he is. Um, he was talking about the different theories that people take on inspiration. Inspiration for us, if you were just to talk about, if you were to ask somebody in our church, what did the inspired word of God mean? Well, God wrote it through human authors. Most of the people in this church yeah, would agree. Yeah. That's what that means. Um, but in that, there are some people who who diverge from that. That's why I love 2 Timothy 3, 16, mm-hmm. is that it is God breathed. But in that concept all, of God, all, all, all scriptures, scripture. God breathed. Yeah. It is the Holy Spirit yeah. working in Absolutely. God's people. Well, yeah, that's... And bringing forth to their heart and yeah. mind the truth of God, yeah. and then therefore they have the freedom in that, yeah. which I know you're going to address. They bring, because it's very clear that the apostle Paul <laughs> it's and Peter run on have sentences. different writing. Yeah. And, and I think that's what's so interesting. And I think it all makes sense to me. And, and a lot of these are because I thank God for people who dig and have done the historical work yes. and know the original languages that. and they know the literary genres and how to read the genres and the devices because if you don't yeah i mean sometimes this can be confusing and very and much so. hard to understand but what we affirm um and i will say that blanket statement as west acres yeah oh i, I um, would agree yeah <laughs> is that god sovereignly gave the word mm-hmm exactly what he wanted them to write mm-hmm. down through human authors who had intact their personalities. Mm-hmm. And so it was both and. It was God sovereignly controlling what they were writing and the person writing them in their personality and in their responsibility. You to know, their direct audience. To their direct audience yeah. of the time. And like you said, one of the ways we see their personalities shine through is Paul, who really likes... Run on sentences. Run on and on. Because he is very passionate. Yeah. And then like the another one, Mark. Yeah. Very straight to the point. Very blunt. John, his, we talked about that in Greek. You, If, when you're starting out learning Greek, they want you to read John's writings because his grammar is simple and yes. he very often uses the wrong grammar because right. he is, he tends to use more Hebraic style yeah. things. And so they're all their personalities shine through straight through. Um, And I I think the more you study scripture, any of our people listening, like you even see this. Yeah. 
Yeah, we live in a special time and we live in a time where people have stood and died on these hills for the scriptures. Like you said, the 70s. Here's a big name that you know that was a huge advocate for here's the truth, the inerrancy of scripture, R.C. Sproul. For example, even though R.C. being a Presbyterian pastor, he, and, and like, and I bring that up because our denomination had this own, you know, yeah, our, our confusion and uh, desire to dig into this. Like he was a huge proponent that would influence many of the men within our denominational circle. Yeah. And praise be to God for that. Just yeah. showing you the kingdom mindset, right? We get so hung up on denominations, well, but like that's such a beautiful thing. It, yeah, and I think we need to appreciate what he did because I, he talked about one time going, and he didn't just argue secular folks about this. He went to seminaries who exactly. were turning who were turning liberal in their theology. Yes, and he talked about one time he went and he argued and he's so argued passionately. And when he was leaving, the dean of the of the seminary was like, why is this so important to you? I just don't understand. He said, you take away my Bible mm-hmm. and we don't have anything. Yeah. It is the foundation upon everything that we stand on. Yeah. Like if we without, and that's why uh, it, it, it it's crazy to me that this was something that churches mm-hmm. were willing to toss out. Yeah. It, it always seems like the false doctrines have these funny little phrases or things, right? These little little catchphrases because you had a coin in the coffer rings, the soul to heaven springs. Springs. You also yeah. have um, the Arianism heresy. Arius had his own little song that he would sing. Yep. Um, and then we had this thing where people who believe in the inerrancy of scriptures, people attack us by saying we believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Scripture. Instead of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mm. That we put too much authority onto the Bible. Yeah. Right. And that's not what we're doing at all. But if we believe what the Bible says, then you have to believe that the Bible's inerrant. Right. You can't just take the Bible and say, well, it doesn't mean this. I don't want to trust in something that has right. the possibility of being wrong. The word, the Bible is our final revelation from God yes. itself. That's the reason we call it the word of God. Correct. There's, so if it is, why wouldn't we? If you get, you know, it's one of those things like if you don't like the titling of the word of God, yeah, it, it's heartbreaking because you have a, a real problem with God. This second Timothy, this is his yeah. word. Yeah. Uh, and that's why uh, it is just like Dino Sunday. I got so passionate about teaching it because you te- when you know that this is true, that God's word has no error, that it is his divine word, it does something in your heart because yeah. you know it in your heart that it's true. Right. And and so I just uh, I and, wanted to bring up RC because I'm so yeah. thankful. I was reading this with Dad the other day in Matthew. Pharisees and the Sadducees wanted a sign from heaven, right? Uh, they didn't mm. really want one, <laughs> right, obviously, right. but they asked him for one. We'll believe you. Show us a sign from heaven. What does Jesus say? There's no there's no sign to be given. That's right. Only the sign of Jonah, That's right. which we all know what that means now. But also, he said there have been signs, mm-hmm. uh, i.e., the prophets. You have all the prophets everything, to look back on. And what's he talking about? The scriptures. The scriptures, yeah. He's in, there's all you need to understand who I am. Yes. And you know him. And, and you still I love when Jesus used to refer, uh, or used to, <laughs> when Jesus referred to the Pentateuch in yeah. the Old Testament and the law. All the time. Just showing that it, this is the word. Right. And, John 1.1. 1, 1, I mean, you know. Uh, but, but even like him saying, how do you know? 
that I'm the Messiah? How can you know that you know mm-hmm. that I'm the Messiah? Read the scripture. Yeah, he points you right back to it. Right. And then we get that clarity of John yep. 1, 1. Well, by the way, I am the word. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So just special stuff. Where do you want to take a turn on this? Yeah, let's take a turn towards, well, to the, what does inerrancy apply? Um, we sure. live in a day where we have fantastic modern translations. We do. We, we They are the closest to the originals than they have ever been. And so inerrancy not applying to our modern manuscript, our modern Bibles, as good as they are, but applying to the original manuscripts. The original, they're called yes. autographs. Yes. Okay? And so that is what we're affirming. Right. I, I used the example of the Old Testament word chesed because mm-hmm. it can't be defined properly in English from what the Hebrew really meant. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I remember when the um, the Message Bible. Oh, yeah. Okay, and so people dog on it all the time. And I just read about it, and it's funny um, because the guy never, he never meant intended it to be that. a translation. Mm-hmm. He, he actually, from what I understand, wrote it for like a children's kind of asset. Yeah. It was so popular because it got people reading stuff that they thought was hard to yeah. understand. But in a way... All translations are paraphrases. The yeah, message from would the be classified. Yes. Yeah, the message would be classified a paraphrase and not a translation. But if we're honest, every translation would be classified a paraphrase because there are some things that just don't translate from language to language. We need to keep that in mind. All that to say, we're called to humility. Right. And so if somebody uses a different translation like you and I and um, Malone and um, Peter and I think, and I think everybody, everybody Josh uses yeah. the uses the ESV. That is our preference, right? Right, and we also appreciate like the NASB and the right. NIV and All, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. CSB, right? Yep. Their their preferences as far as the closest to the closest what we have in English. I argue is the NASB. Well, we know that there's a spectrum, right? Right, and that, from from. Most literal to paraphrasing. Full-on paraphrase, yeah. yeah. As we know, for all of us that speak English, we use different words to define the same exact thing. And I was going to say, like, for... So any of our listeners that are like, okay, what's an example of one of those? Like I said, I used chesed. Mm -hmm. Like, the ESV translates that word to be steadfast love. But I think it's the NIV that uh, uses uh, merciful love. And then there's some that says gracious love or different words, but it all points back to love. And what's amazing is that word. I'll never forget my Hebrew professor talking about it. It's so powerful and it's such a descriptor of God's extended eternal love to his people that we can't properly define it. So all these different translations have defined it differently to show that. And so that's what we're talking about. Cause yeah. I know like some of my students, um, this is being attacked. The inerrancy of scripture is still being attacked. And it's 100%. being attacked in your public school system right now. Yeah. Um, and one, but that's like, and how I know that is one of my kids at a public school came and asked me, I'm like, Hey, I need some answers. This is what's going on. And I said, well, here's how I answer it. And I know you agree with this. The original autographs mm-hmm. are the inerrant word. This Correct. is what we believe. Correct. But I also today believe that God in his sovereignty has protected his worth. As you just said, yeah. the truths are the truths. Yeah, We may have different words defining different words because we do that every day in English. Yeah. We do that every day in language, yeah. right? But at the end of the day, God in his sovereignty has given us exactly what we need yes. to understand who he is, no salvation, 
yeah. and live obedient, faithful lives to what he has called of us. Yeah, I think it's a, that's a perfect way to put it, right? Because now you're hitting with the Holy Spirit. That's We're right. now affirming the Holy Spirit's movement through our translations. That's right. Basically to keep us, to hold us to this point. Hold us fast to it. That's right. right. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's a good way. And, I, I, and here's just a, as a a pastor, but more than that, like as a guy who reads the Bible, loves the Bible, like when I read my Bible, I don't have this chip on my shoulder and my brain going, well, this might be wrong. Oh yeah. This isn't the original. No, no, no. I have this because who lives in me? The The Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. I have this, this understanding of this is God's word. Well, and, and what are we, we're supposed to, when we approach scripture, ask him to illumine for because what part of what the the holy spirit does is he illuminates truth that's right and so as we approach scripture enlighten me yeah to your truth teach me train me me. yeah absolutely and like what's really really cool though is like and and in that way it's kind of an argument yeah father son and holy scripture well okay yeah but who enlightens us to the truth of the scripture scripture. the holy spirit (laughs) and you know like it's really cool to be able to look at like you're doing Greek and like I, over the time that I've gotten to enjoy Hebrew, get to go back and look at like that was the original language yes, and study that and go, look how good our God is. Mm-hmm. Like that he has persevered this truth to us today, protected it, held it fast. And like in it, uh, I can trust that God in his sovereignty has provided exactly what I need. Because another thing, and I don't want to get into this today because this is a long <laughs> story and long topic. But another thing uh, is, well, what about all these other things we're finding? Why aren't they in the Bible? Well, that's the topic of the Canossiters, and that's not necessarily oh, what we want to talk like about. Like the Apocrypha and the yeah. Pseudographia. That's, that's for another conversation <laughs> another day. What I that's want church history. Yeah, exactly, and that's why I say that. And that's why I want you know our people to understand, like, you can trust, like, when... Our pastors on the pulpit, or if I'm in the pulpit, or one of your pastors is in the pulpit, you can trust. And if you don't go to West Acres, if you go to another church, um, if you go to a Bible-believing church that is true to sound doctrine, you can trust that when they open their scriptures, it's the word that of they God. are providing you truth. That's yeah, right, hundred percent. Right. And that that is the goal of why we wanted to t- like tackle this topic today is because it, although the '70s was when it was a big um, push yeah, in, in history, like today is still being attacked, especially, especially in your school systems. I mean, I'm, and why I say that is because I've got a sister in Christ that in her philosophy class, God is being attacked heavily yeah. just 30 minutes from our campus right here. I kind of wanted to close this episode mm-hmm. and, you know, you hop in where you feel, but just by encouraging some of our listeners, like, hey, well, James, what's a, what's some good Bibles that you recommend and why? Um, you know, some of the translations. So this is a rabbit hole, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on yeah. because I am huge in it. But I was just going to say, if you're like, hey, I, I have one that's not very, very close to, you know, actual literal translation in the sense of what we have. And like um, Jesse emphasized, there is a scale, and you can look it up on, I know Lifeway had it on their website and places, but... I would encourage you, like if you go to the church that we serve at, get you a copy of the English Standard Version, the ESV, because that's what all of your pastors are primarily using. Yeah. You know, um, we, I know we all have different translations that we refer to. Like I have a stack in my office mm-hmm. that I use for different times and occasions, but it's, I will say as a congregant, it's always a lot easier to follow 
what your pastor is teaching out of. It's so much more helpful. Um, and hey, if you go to West Acres and you don't want to buy one, we have some provided in the pews. That's and right. that's just, uh, our pastor says that every Sunday. So, and, and he uh, said, yeah, take it home. And it's yours to have. And so like, it's all, it's good to have different translations is what I'm getting at. But I'll tell you one that Anna, you know, I don't have, um, and my wife has been using for her daily devotion that she absolutely loves because of the flow, very similar to the ESV, but it almost has like this beauty of tying in the NASB, NIV, and ESV. It's the CSB. That's a newer edition that you can grab that a lot of people are using, especially for younger people. Um, if you're like, you're, you need something that's a little bit easier to comprehend. Um, and I always say, Hey, if you want to go all the way in, get you an NASB because it's really yeah. cool to see the, like if, Let's say you ever wanted to do a word study because yes. I want to encourage y'all. You can do word studies. You can get on Bible hub and do text analysis. Yeah. You can do it. But the NASB, you're going to see lots of wooden language, somewhat similar to the way that we translate the Hebrew and Greek. So get out there and do the labor, my friends. Like, and there's always sales, but yes. this is what I want to say. One, you know, for anyone out there that doesn't have a Bible and you like, I need one. You call this church office and you get a hold of James Barnes. That is the greatest thing that I could provide for anybody is the the book in their hand. Mm -hmm. And I that's just something that I'm passionate about. Um, every year at Christmas, I try to find them on sale and buy them in bulk because I just believe we need to get this into the hands of our people. Absolutely. Um, and I've been watching how it's changed lives. Uh, like the guy that I baptized at D-Now, it is the coolest thing to see him just it, he is the world opening up to him as he studies the Bible. And and for me, on a similar token, now that Ellie is old enough and she knows how to read on her own, we've you know told her at night, we want you to read some of your Bible, right. and she'll read, and and she has her own little highlighter when she she wants to highlight things. That's right. But she'll run in and she'll say, "Daddy, mommy, daddy, mommy, look, look, look what this is. Mm. Look what this is." Mm. And that's it. I mean, like, that's awesome to see as a parent. Yeah. But then you're like, man, we should all feel that way. May we read like that. Yeah. When we see that's something right. in the Bible, for those of us who have grown up, absolutely grown up in the church, mm. and we have had a Bible in our hands since the day we were born, basically, sometimes right. it's easy for us to just look at it as a book. That's right. So, like you said, may we have that passion may we have that and excitement. of the excitement of a child to run in and mm. say, Father, Look what you just showed me. I'll, and I love it because, hey, it is a gold mine that always provides gold. Absolutely. So keep on studying. Hey, we are, uh, we've got some fun topics in the future. <laughs> yeah. And some of the ones that we wanted to give you a heads up on, if you want to do some pre-studying, we are going to be addressing the Trinity. Mm -hmm. That is a first-tier doctrine. How yeah. about the virgin birth? Yes. That's a fun one that we just, you know, we really just celebrated at Christmas. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not far off. Uh, what about? The hypostatic union. <laughs> the dual natures of That's Christ. That's right. So we'll be talking about Jesus' humanity and his deity and that he was fully God, holy God, holy God and, and holy, holy man. man. Fully is one of the ways R.C. loved to describe it and holy as W-H-O-L-L-Y. Yeah. No halvesies there, all no. whole. And we will also be addressing a couple of different areas. Uh, we're still working on all those, but man, we're just excited to see where God leads and directs this. 
gives us discernment and just allows us to help support and encourage our people as they remember these great, great truths that are all seen through the canon of scripture. But at the end of the day, these are the hills that we must, must take a stand and die upon for our faith because these are the doctrines on which our faith stand. And if we take them out, it crumbles. Mm -hmm. And so be encouraged, believer, be encouraged. And for any that are out there that are unbelievers, because we never want to take that for granted. We never want to assume. Look to the king. I pray that today that your heart would be regenerated according to God's will. But hey, have a great, great week. We pray that this encourages you ultimately. We will see you next week with another great foundation, first tier doctrine. So Shabbat Shalom. We'll see you soon.